0: Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Allie and I'm excited to chat with you about my behavioral and mental health hybrid life and career where science drives and wellness steers. I admit I'm a hippie at heart and I am totally on this wellness vibe. All the while I'm a radical behaviorist trying to find the meeting point of wellness and behavior science. I think a lot about parenting-spirited babes, mental health, child development, and the hilarious things that no one ever prepared me for in parenting. I've worked with a lot of families, but I've probably never worked with yours, so my judgment should never be mistaken for anything more than general statements about the nature of things. But you knew that already. So with that out of the way, let's get to it. Grab a coffee or a cocktail, maybe a pen. Here we go. Hello, online community. It's episode seven and I am psyched because today we've got an amazing episode for you. We're talking about grief from the lens of a parent and specifically from the lens of a parent whose grief is in one way or another related to their dynamic, sometimes complicated, always lovable kids. We're talking about raw emotions, thoughts no one admits to having, and the stigma. Man, the stigma around grief, and around the process of grieving when it comes to our families, but more specifically, our kids. Honestly, grief was the last thing I thought I'd ever have to be well-versed in. Literally no one, in all my schooling, at all the universities, with all the degrees, no one ever talked to me about the grief involved in raising kids with complex medical or neurological needs. The fact that I've been supporting parents of spirited, neurologically diverse, and often complex kiddos for so long before ever being exposed to the psychological concepts of grief absolutely blew my mind. When I started learning about it, it was like I started to see things in color when before it was all black and white. It wasn't until I was doing a supervised placement in my masters and I began working one-on-one with parents of kids with complicated needs. I started having these profound conversations with my clients and then in turn, the most profound and insightful conversations with my supervisor about the tremendous grief my clients were experiencing. My supervisor, who's a cheeky, but brilliant individual started talking to me about the grief involved in parenting a child with special needs. He talked to me about the initial grief of the diagnosis and grieving that process of grieving the loss and the cyclical nature of grief. And that is what I'm really excited to talk to you about today. I think it's absolutely a shame that no one is talking about the grief experienced by parents of kids who receive a complex diagnosis when they're quite young everything changes for these parents they start to experience life in a new way and it's not just that previously they were seeing the world through able eyes and now they're starting to see the world through the lens of individuals with more complicated needs it's also that they are coming to terms with how their lives are going to be drastically different and in some ways they're going to be drastically better And in other ways, they're going to have to overcome challenges that they never even dreamed were a reality. And, you know, in some ways it's because ignorance is bliss and we tend to live in a bubble where we don't really recognize challenges until they affect us. And that's definitely not ideal. But on the other hand, you can't expect somebody to truly understand, say, the struggles of someone without sight until they've experienced life in their shoes. And that's what tends to happen for parents of children with complicated needs. They start to see the world through the lens of their kids, of the potential challenges that their kids will experience. And just generally, they start to experience the world from the perspective of individuals who are more limited in terms of what they can do. You know, they start to notice that there aren't ramps in all playgrounds, that there aren't accessible swings, that there aren't schools with you know appropriate accommodations they start to notice that you know grocery stores aren't designed for individuals with sensory abnormalities they start to realize that the world is very much designed for individuals who fit into a certain box and when you don't you come up against challenges that can seem very overwhelming at first And you go through this process of acceptance while you receive this diagnosis and this process of grief in, you know, thinking about what was and changing the way that you envision your future. But you also go through this process of resilience where you realize exactly what you're made of as a parent and as an advocate. The process of grief is not linear. And I think this is one of the most difficult parts of grief when it comes to the grief that my clients specifically experience when we're talking about bereavement for example someone who passes away of course there's grief associated with bereavement but what tends to happen is sort of like a staircase you climb the steps and you sort of get closer and closer to a point where you feel that life returns to some degree of normalcy you're never the person you were before you lost the individual And you always have those memories and you'll always look back fondly on them. Or maybe you won't, depending on the nature of the relationship. But there tends to be this natural progression where you become more comfortable and you you sort of adapt. And at the end of the day, you look back and you think, I'm okay. What tends to happen for the parents of clients that I support whose kids have, you know, diagnoses ranging from autism spectrum disorder to Down syndrome to, you know, medical complexities, motor impairments, you name it, they've got it. And the thing that's really interesting about their grief and that's perhaps more challenging about their grief is that it's more cyclical. So you go through your initial sort of steps of grief. As one does and for the record I'm using that word very loosely because scientifically speaking we've debunked that we know that there aren't strictly speaking steps involved in grief there is however a natural progression in terms of how we come to terms with change and how we sort of make meaning out of difficult situations but for the sake of argument let's say we go through these steps of grief We compartmentalize we receive our initial diagnosis And on that day that you receive your initial diagnosis for your child, and again, I'm speaking exclusively from what has been expressed to me from my clients, so I would welcome anyone's insight if it is different. You go through this feeling of complete and utter shock, but yet you also have this feeling of, aha, I knew it. I knew there was something going on and so in a sense you have a really weird feeling of closure and in another sense you have a really weird feeling of terror. You don't know what the next steps are going to be. You don't know how greatly your child will be affected by this. And you start in that moment to look at the world through the eyes of someone with more challenges than you faced and that's difficult at the best of times. But when you're talking about looking at the world through the eyes of someone with challenges, when that individual is your child, your heart, the literal incarnation of you walking around outside of your body, it is tripled, quadrupled, multiplied by a million. And that feeling stays with you. And you process those feelings. And you start to do something called information gathering and you start to collect as much information and you try to become an expert you try to truly understand because so much of this is so different from what you're used to and so much of this is going to alter the course of your life in terms of how you support and meet the needs of your child so your information gathering you're becoming you know a google scholar you are talking to experts you're taking notes and you know depending on your personality you might be starting like a log for your child and you might be just doing all these sort of little things to help yourself feel a little more in control you may have these anxiety responses that cause you to sort of engage in behaviors that sort of make you feel like you have a little more control out of this sort of chaos that is your life in this moment and you know that you'll get through it and you also know that it's going to be very difficult and then once you're through the information gathering stage then that's when you start to think okay now what What are my next steps and you'll for everyone this will look a little different and for some this will mean going to a specialized school for some this will mean you know seeking external support from an occupational therapist or speech language therapist or perhaps just an early interventionist that you know may be given to you through you know regional supports depending on the nature of your child your next steps are going to look different and for me those next steps are sort of irrelevant what i really want to sort of get back to is the initial feeling of grief that you experience when you get that first diagnosis, when you have that sort of mixture of feelings that is sort of like a, I knew it, and sort of like a, oh dear God, what now? So you go through this and you experience this grief, and no one ever told you that grief was part of the package. When they gave you your child's diagnosis, no one also said, and by the way, you know, Mr. and Miss, you can expect to cycle through the phases of grief and you can experience to potentially, you know, experience depression. You can potentially experience, you know, some shock from this. No one ever told you that. And all of the professionals that you worked with were so concerned about making sure that you had the tools to support your child, but they weren't necessarily well-versed in the tools that you needed to support yourself and for such a long time I was guilty of this it wasn't until like I said I was doing my practicum for my masters that my eyes really became open to the experience of grief and nobody is going to be able to tell you what your grief is going to look like but there's a couple things we know about grief everybody's grief looks a little different but there are some regular flavors of grief You know, there are adaptive and maladaptive ways to process grief. One of the things that we know for sure is that adaptive processing of grief, so like those good ways that you process your feelings and emotions, lead to better outcomes. And one of the ways that we know that you've achieved sort of what we would consider a better outcome is when you get to a point that you're able to accept the present and you're able to plan and move forward in a logical and proactive way you're not sort of thinking why me although that is a completely normal feeling to have once you cycle through sort of your process and you get to a point where you're empowered that's how we know you've cycled through your grief, at least for the first time. But what I really want to stress is that, like I said at the beginning, grief is not linear and it's not necessarily a staircase. You climb up and once you're at the top, you're done. Grief is this process, this ongoing loop that you're going to live in. And it's not as scary as it sounds. When you think about a loop of grief for the rest of your life, it seems daunting. And I agree that it, you know, it does sound that way. But what you need to start to be aware of and bring sort of to the forefront of your consciousness is that grief is going to be a part of life, but it's a part of life that you can absolutely overcome And because you're going to become so resilient when it comes to managing your grief, you're going to be able to handle it. And one of the most profound conversations I had with my supervisor, when I was first starting to sort of open my eyes to all of this was the discussion of those milestone moments, So, you know, finding out you're expecting, that's a milestone moment. And, you know, when your child takes his or her first steps, that's a milestone moment. The first tooth, milestone moment. First words, milestone moment. Um, You know, uh, first birthday party, milestone moment. Christmas, Hanukkah kwanzaa these are all milestone moments these are all times that we associate with certain levels and phases of development that we've prepared our entire lives to experience with our kids and so what happens for a parent that is experiencing grief and that has a child with complicated um, whether it's neurological medical mobile conditions is that they'll go through these phases of grief for you know, the duration of their child's life. And they'll think, you know, I've come out the other end. They'll think I'm at the top of my staircase, looking down and everything looks and feels good. I get it, I'm empowered. And then a milestone moment will come and it'll come knocking on your door without any warning. And it knocks you off and it knocks you off that step and it puts you back in the cycle of grief. And I tell you this not because it's terrifying to think about being in a cycle of grief for the rest of your life but because just like anything just like anxiety just like panic just like depression if you know what you're experiencing and you can label it there is so much empowerment that comes from that and so if you can know that these milestone moments are going to be difficult for you and you can prepare yourself you can embed in those opportunities for self-care you know you can prepare yourself mentally emotionally physically for these moments when they hit you they're not going to knock you off your steps they're just going to be something that you breathe through and I think when I speak to my own clients about their cycle of grief and you know sometimes in my sessions I'll say something like do, do you ever do you feel like you might be experiencing a bit of grief the the feeling face that my clients make when i ask them that because no one's ever asked them that is a combination of relief and complete breakdown because they haven't admitted to themselves that they're grieving because in their eyes this isn't bereavement and bereavement is the kind of grief that we all talk about you know it's okay to grieve when someone has passed away but nobody talks about the grief associated with parenting a child with complex needs nobody talks about parenting children with disabilities and how that that experience is for the parent and of course we should focus on the child and of course we should you know focus on the lived experience of you know the child and how we can accommodate and adapt and you know build them up to be ready for a world that might not be quite ready for them yet of course we have to look at ourselves you can't pour from an empty cup and we talk about self-care and we talk about parenting you know from a place of empowerment but we so rarely talk about grief and we so rarely give ourselves permission to grieve and to grieve not just you know our, our past hopes and dreams but also sort of our conception of what life would be like with a child it's okay to grieve that. And it's also okay to be really excited and really, you know, grateful for the experience that you do have, because I think, you know, I won't speak for you, but I know many of my clients would say as hard as it is, they feel that, you know, their child was brought into their life for a reason that they can't necessarily articulate, but a reason that they feel so much gratitude for. And yes, the days are hard. and Yes, the nights are long, but The payoff is immense and you know those small victories that these parents get to experience that other parents simply take for granted is one of the most miraculous and amazing things to experience and I think as soon as we stop you know pretending that we're not experiencing grief and we start to allow ourselves to experience this and most importantly God we stop feeling guilty for our feelings of grief we are so much further ahead than we were before. And when we are aware and when we have self-reflection and when we have that sort of that knowledge of ourselves and our you know, needs and our boundaries, we are so much more empowered individuals and we are so much more effective parents. Not to mention, we are just better humans when we recognize our emotional and our intellectual and our psychological and our physical, and never mind you know our spiritual needs. We can sort of acknowledge all of it. We are in this position to be the best versions of ourselves. And before we can get to that point, we just have to be willing to say, "Yes, I'm grieving." And it doesn't mean I don't love my kid and it doesn't mean I'm not so grateful for the lived experience that I've had and that he or she has had. It just means that life is not as I thought it would be and I'm okay with that. At a certain point, we have to acknowledge that, you know, there's a discrepancy between our rational brain, which is saying, no one died. Why are you so upset? What could you be grieving? You have a, you know, you have a happy and a you know, healthy child and you have no business grieving. And then you have this other side, which is sort of your more reactive brain, which is reacting to your realities. And that part of your brain is saying there's such a profound loss. And both parts of your brain are right. Your rational brain saying no one died, that's true, no one died. And you know what, your reactive brain saying that you were feeling such a profound loss, that is also right. I always remind my clients, my friends, my families, and frankly, myself, that the meeting point of our reactive or emotional brain and our logical brain is called your wise mind. It's where both of your inner worlds come together and you start to process your thoughts productively. The grief associated with a diagnosis, be it neurological, developmental, genetic, or strictly medical, is something most parents are not prepared for. Perhaps more worrisome is that professionals hardly ever warn or discuss the grief with parents, and then when they begin to experience it, they fail to pinpoint it, or they mistake it for depression or anxiety or something completely different. They wonder if they're burning out, if they're uninspired, or if parenting is just really freaking hard. They wonder, why do I feel this way? It's further complicated when the diagnosis is developmental or neurological because the parent thinks my child is by all accounts healthy he can do so many things her life expectancy is long and the potential is there on the other hand my child faces so many barriers am i a bad person for just not being grateful for what i have the logical brain says it could always be worse but you know my child's speech delay or vision impairment or mobility impairment it's not terminal My child is happy, thriving, in so many ways. But here's the thing. Grief, as it relates to complex diagnoses, like the regular flavor of grief, is not linear. It's cyclical. And there is truth in what your logical brain is saying, and there is truth in what your emotional or reactive side of your brain is saying. And what you need to do is find yourself somewhere in the middle where your wise mind lives. And your wise mind is going to be the mind that guides you. But you're not gonna get there until you process, until you acknowledge, and until you recognize that grief is okay and what you're experiencing is okay. And you know what? If you need to seek a grief support group, you do that. And I am apologizing on behalf of all professionals who have not said to you up until this point that grief is a part of this. Grief is a real part of parenting complex cases of kiddos and it is a process that is going to be with you for a long time. And that's okay, because just like anxiety would be with you for a long time, or, you know, your learning needs or your attention deficit disorder is going to be with you for a long time, you can overcome this just like your child can overcome their barriers. And you can learn to accommodate, and you can learn to set yourself up to be successful despite the challenges that you are going to possess. And that's okay, because if your kid can do it, you better believe you can do it.